Well, can I add my warm welcome? Very good evening to you all. Wonderful to see so many of you here as we celebrate together the birth of Jesus. And I wonder for you as we gather together and as Christmas comes closer, what it is that you're thinking about in relation to Christmas. Maybe it's giving and sharing gifts. Maybe it's getting together with family. Perhaps it's singing carols as we've just been doing. Silent night, holy night, all is calm. I wonder whether we have slightly sanitized the birth of Jesus. Because many of us know that childbirth is not calm at all. My wife Liz and I have three children and I was thinking this week about the birth of our eldest, Isaac, who is now 12 years old. And in the run-up to his birth, we joined what's called some NCT classes. And these classes are to give you a rough introduction to what it means to prepare for birth. And we did them with a whole group of people. And I remember very clearly sitting in a pub in Oxford after one of these classes with our new pregnant friends, and thinking together, we have got this absolutely sorted. (laughs) We know what we're doing. We are ready. Come on. How wrong we were. As we went into the hospital, the midwife, who was an amazing woman, just full of grace and love, ushered us into the room, where we were going to be for the next while. (laughs) And as time went on, everything, everything began to change. My wife began to change. (laughs) She began to scream in ways that I honestly didn't think were humanly possible. She began to shout at me, her husband, in ways that I'd quite frankly never heard before. And this birth was complicated. And so after about 24 hours, after an epidural, and after a most amazing, epic effort on behalf of Liz, my wife, the midwife announced that we needed to have a paediatrician. And so I remember this senior doctor walking into the, the room where we were, flanked by four students. Now, I I don't really remember inviting four students to come and join us. (laughs) But in they came, in the spirit of learning and observing. And it was after about five minutes that the paediatrician produced (laughs) one of these. Now, he explained to me that this procedure is called von Tuss. And I'm just going to... You don't need to be afraid tonight, don't worry. <laughs> I'm just going to explain what von Tuss is. I, I, I read it up um, yesterday. It says, a von Tuss is a cup-shaped suction device that can be attached to your baby's head to help them be born. This, my friends, is a sink plunger. <laughs> this is a sink plunger. But I stand here to testify to you tonight 
that thankfully, with a bit of help from the sink plunger, our baby boy was born on the end of one <laughs> of these. I'm just going to put that down here for now. About 10 minutes after Isaac was born, I went out and called Liz's mum and broke the good news to her. And I came back in, and I can still picture the scene to this day. It was chaos. I had sort of a fresh perspective on this room that I had been in for so long. There were people everywhere shouting at each other and ordering each other around. There were machines beeping all over the place and wires attached to Liz. And yet, in the midst of this chaos, Liz was there, beaming, smiling, staring at this newborn baby with love in her eyes and peace in her heart. And I remember thinking, how can this be? How can there be chaos and peace side by side? Now, we don't know all the details of Jesus' birth, but we do know that it was quite chaotic at the time. We know that Mary was a teenager. She was pregnant. She traveled about 100 miles to get to Bethlehem. She had nowhere to stay. She tried to get into a guest house, but there was no room for her. She was in a shed, and she was about to give birth with no medical assistance whatsoever. And then there's Joseph. Joseph is there standing beside Mary, supporting her as she gives birth to a baby that wasn't even his. It was chaotic. And yet into this chaos, Jesus is born. The Prince of Peace. And we read, as we've just heard, that the angels cry out at his birth on earth, Peace. Now, as we look around at our world today, there isn't much sign, is there, of, of peace reigning all over the earth. In fact, 2019 has been described as the year of protest. Think of what's been going on in Hong Kong, or Chile, or Algeria, or Sudan. Protests this month in France, demonstrations up and down our island here in the UK. There's a sense that actually people are becoming more agitated and more angry. Even at a domestic level. Did you know that on average, the average family will have three arguments on Christmas Day? I'm taking it those of you who are laughing have experienced one of these. So apparently the first one is about 10 o'clock in the morning. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Uh, for those of you who are going to come to our Christmas service, either at New Hope or Greyfriars at 10.30, that will be just as you're trying to usher your family out of the house to come to church in the morning. The next one is between sort of 1 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Any guesses what might be going on there? Just shout it out. Why might people be arguing between 1 and 3? Food! Should we have Brussels sprouts or not? We're not going to do a, a poll now. 
The last one is often around six o'clock in the evening. As we sit down and we try and watch some television, what should we watch? Who's going to hold the remote control? We all need more peace in our lives. So what is this peace that we read about, that we sing about at the birth of Jesus? Well, the first thing is, this is peace with God. It's peace with God. You know, the word that is used in the scriptures for peace is shalom. When I was in Israel last year, everyone greeted one another with the word shalom. As you leave one another, they say shalom to one another. And this word shalom means wholeness, fullness, contentment, rest, peace. There's a sense with this word shalom, there's something in it that speaks of healing and reconciliation of broken relationships. If you were listening to Boris Johnson on Friday as he spoke outside number 10 Downing Street, you would have heard him speak about the need for healing in our nation. A healing between divided people, divided families, divided villages, divided towns, divided cities. But what is needed is shalom, the peace that comes from God. You and I need the peace of God. But you cannot have peace with God if you don't have a relationship with him. You can't receive rest from God if you're not near him. In fact, we cannot receive any gifts from God unless we know him. You and I are created by God to be in a relationship with him. And we get then to the heart of the challenge, the problem. Because all of us, me included, in different ways have turned from God. We love to do things our own way, don't we? All of us. We love to be independent. And as we are independent, we turn from God to go our own way. And in doing so, we create a divide between us and God. And that divide is called sin. And it is this divide which leads a number of people in our world, a lot of people, I would say, to live without a real sense of peace in their lives. But we read in Luke's Gospel about good news that causes great joy for all people. All people, that means every single one of you here tonight. And the good news is that whilst you and I should pay for our sin, for that divide that has been created between us and God, thanks to Jesus, we receive forgiveness and mercy. We really deserve to be separated from God forever. But thanks to Jesus, he comes near to us as we draw near to him. We receive his love and his mercy. Jesus came down to earth to take what we deserve 
so that we might receive what we don't deserve. Love, grace, forgiveness, mercy, and peace. Christmas is God's rescue mission. And just like any rescue mission, our response is to reach out a hand and to receive that rescue as we turn to God ourselves. God who loves you. God who knows you intimately. God who welcomes you tonight. God who forgives you. God who longs to give you his peace in your life right now. Shalom begins with us having peace with God. And then once we have peace with God, we're able to receive peace from God. I always remember meeting a guy called James. It was about 15 years ago now. James was in his early 30s. And I was working in business at the time. And when I met James, he announced to me that he had just, this was 32 years old, he had just retired. And I remember thinking, what am I doing wrong? He's just retired, age 32. He told me he'd been working morning, day and night. He was in investment banking, and he worked all the time, often seven days a week. When his friends were out during weekday evenings, he was at work. When they were just relaxing and getting together at the weekends, he was at work. He worked so hard, he'd earned so much money that by the age of 32, he was able to stop and retire. This guy had everything, materially. He had the cars, the, the apartments, he could go on good holidays. He had almost anything he wanted materially. He'd been climbing the ladder But he'd realized that when he got to the top of that ladder, it was propped up against the wrong wall. Because what money couldn't buy him was wholeness, contentment, fulfillment, rest, peace. And when I met this guy, He had reached his goal of retiring, but suddenly realized that his life was empty. He had no friends. And he was left asking this question, is there more to life than this? And you may be here tonight asking similar questions in your life. Is there more to life than this? Is this it? And if you are, then I want to invite you to come on a journey. In January, we're going to gather together and ask some of these questions of life, of meaning, of why we're here. Ask questions about the Christian faith through Alpha. James went on to do Alpha, and through it, he turned back to God. And he came to know that shalom, that deep soul peace 
that has gone on to transform his life. Generally speaking in life, you know, we try and find peace through a couple of ways. We either crowd out the stress, the sources of stress, the people that cause us stress, the boss, the work, whatever it may be. Or we try and bring things into our lives, a new job, a new relationship. We go out and we purchase, we consume to try and fill a void in our lives. But none of this works. Wealth is not going to bring you peace. Political stability is not going to bring you peace. Family, good health, as good as these things may be, they will not bring us peace. Jesus said this, in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. There's so much realism here, isn't there? Jesus never said that life is going to be easy. And you may, may be here tonight struggling with bereavement or sickness or unemployment or difficulty in a relationship or opposition or disappointment. Jesus never said that life will be easy. But he did say that with him we can have peace. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the very presence of Jesus in the midst of trouble and difficulty. It's that scene, isn't it, of the baby being born in the midst of chaos. yet bringing peace. If you are here tonight and you are feeling anxious or fearful if you're alone or facing trouble of any kind, you need shalom. You need the peace of God. But it comes from being in relationship with God. You've got to get close to him to receive this gift that he has for you. Many of you here tonight can testify to that. Just even looking around tonight, some of you who are here who've been battling with sickness and illness. Think of Richard, who's just had an operation. He's suffering with mouth cancer and yet would testify to the peace of God as he sat in that hospital bed about to go in for his operation. A couple here who've tragically just lost their sister at a very young age. She just had given birth to triplets. And yet this couple would tell you about the peace of God that they are sensing even in the midst of the difficulty they're facing. This peace comes from God to fill us, to help us stand firm in our lives, to root us. It then changes our relationships, our workplace, our our world. It overflows from us out into this world. This is God's rescue plan. This is the meaning of Christmas. This is why we celebrate, celebrate Christmas. The peace of God in our lives. 
Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. The question is, do you want that peace in your life? Do you need that peace in your life? If you do, then would you join with me as I pray now for us all, inviting the Lord to come and be with us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are here by your Spirit. Just pray for those who perhaps for the first time want to turn to you, God, to put their trust in you, Jesus. To say sorry for turning away. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come to this earth for us. To be born, to die on the cross, and to rise again. Come and be here with us now. Fill each one of us tonight with your peace. That peace that goes beyond all understanding. Give us peace in the midst of the challenges of life. The Spirit of God, rest upon us and grant us peace as we celebrate you this Christmas. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you've just prayed a prayer and you would like to give your life to Jesus, to turn to God tonight, do please come and see me or Joy at the end of the service at the front. We have a little gift for you that we would love to give you. But let's just remain seated now as we listen and allow the peace of God to come and fill our hearts.